When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Greetings, humans. You have entered the Command Zone, your destination for all aspects of Elder Dragon Highlander. Enjoy your stay. Ch-ch-ch-changes, turn and face the strange. Ch-ch-changes, just gonna have to be a different man. Time may change me, but I can't trace time. Thanks, David. Wow. That's Rest. actually way harder to do because never, of the octave changes and, yeah. the, and the tempo changes. <laughs> the octave what? Changes. <laughs> the tempo what? Changes. And the tempo changes. Uh, All right. That's right. Hello, everyone. You, we are talking about changes today, specifically changes and upgrades you can make to the Commander 2019 decks. You're watching slash listening to the Command Zone Podcast. I'm your host, Jimmy Wong. How is it? It's Josh Lee Kwai. Boy, the singing was more embarrassing that time than usual. What? <laughs> I thought it was great. <laughs> okay. Uh, so you bought this deck, the Sultai Morph faceless menace deck now you want to get it up to speed and you know get it into your play group start running it as soon as possible and you want it to have a chance That's right. to compete with the other decks but it can take a while especially if you want to like completely overhaul it so what we normally do when the commander decks come out and we're going to do it this time for each and every one of them is just suggest some quick upgrades we're talking 10 cards in 10 cards out we also set ourselves a budget limit of uh, approximately $25, somewhere in that range, Yep. so that it can be reasonable for most people to just slot these cards in, take these out, and then we believe with these slight cha-cha-cha changes, uh-huh. you can be competitive with, you know, most decks. Not we're not, yeah. You're not going to be up in the 9-10 range. but take you from a 6 to a 7. Yeah, you can you can compete in the 7-8, you know, around the 7 range. Yeah, but if you want to shop from a 10-level store... Make sure you go to cardkingdom.com slash command zone. The cards that we talk today we'll use, we often use their pricing list to figure out exactly how we can fit 10 awesome new cards in the $25 budget range. You can also trade in the cards that you don't use to Card Kingdom to get store credit. So make sure you use our affiliate link, cardkingdom.com slash command zone. Very convenient. Yeah, and for a limited time, if you pre-order or order any of the sealed Commander 2019 product, you will get a code that will unlock a special background on our LifeLinker life tracking app. Yeah, so that's just serious. bonus gravy. It doesn't cost you anything extra. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, another way to support our show is to support our other sponsor, which is Ultra Pro. You can find their stuff at Card Kingdom or your LGS or all over the world. They do all the themed stuff that kind of goes on your battlefield that isn't the cards. So you mm-hmm. can get a Kadena playmats, Kadena sleeves, a Kadena deck box, or you can do the other commanders in the C19 uh, set. If you don't want to build Kadena, you could do Savine or some of the other ones. Yep. Ultra Pro really makes great stuff. They will protect your cards. You really don't want your cards getting messed up. No, that's that would suck. Yeah, that would be bad. <laughs> so protect that stuff. Put it in a Ultra Pro sleeve. That's the best way. Play it on an Ultra Pro play mat. Uh, and the final way to support all of our content is directly if you go to patreon.com slash command zone. In fact, we shout out one lucky patron every single episode. And this episode is dedicated to Dylan, Dylan McMillan. Wait. Dylan, your name rhymes. That's cool. That is so cool. I bet your parents are smart. Yeah, or you don't like that it rhymes. 
I would like that it rhymes. It just it's, it rolls off the tongue. Dylan sure. McMillan. Do you have any brothers or sisters that don't rhyme? That would that would really be feel bad well, for that, them. Well, I, I say it because I grew up with a Freddie and Jimmy, and Freddie are very similar sounding ends of words. So we would always be confused because someone would call me Freddie or someone would say Jimmy Fred. Fred oh God, I don't know. Oh, which my, one I'm my to. dad was famous for because my name's Josh. My sister's name is Jesse. I have another sister named Jody. So he would be oh. like, "Why did you name all your kids start with a J?" <laughs> like he'd be like, J- uh, "Jesse, J- J- just get over here." Someone come over here. <laughs> 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 All right, let's All right, uh, let's, let's jump talk. into this deck. Sultai Morph. Yep. Again, ten cards in, ten cards out. Total budget of around twenty five dollars. We're not going to do a hard cap, but we don't want to go much past that. Yep. Um, we're going to leave the mana bases as is. It's just not that fun to talk about. Hey, put in this Shockland, which is mm-hmm. good because it uh, doesn't mess with our twenty five dollar budget. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and I think the mana base is totally fine out of the box. You definitely can upgrade it, but there, it's going to run. It's like yeah. you're not going to. They built these decks to work. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so let's talk about the new commanders in the deck first of all. Kadena, we've we've talked about it a couple times, so let's read it again. Yeah, Kadena, Slinking Sorcerer, one in Sultai, so that's black, green, and blue for a 3-3 legendary creature, Naga Wizard. Now, the first face-down creature spell you cast each turn costs three generic mana less to cast, and whenever a face-down creature enters the battlefield under your control, draw a card. So you get one free morph creature out of your hand every single, or actually anytime you cast it, and every time a face-down creature enters the battlefield, you get a draw card. And that can happen as many times in a turn as you can have face-down creatures entering your battlefield. Kadena is ramp and card draw. Mm-hmm. It's just for Morph Tribal or Manifest, Morph and Manifest Tribal, I suppose. Uh, the second commander in the deck is Volrath, the Shape Stealer. Two black, green, blue for a 7-5 shapeshifter. At the beginning of combat on your turn, put a negative one counter on up to one target creature. And then you can pay one until your next turn, Volrath becomes a copy of target creature with a counter on it, except Volrath is a 7-5 and has this ability. So Volrath, pretty pretty tricky, can turn into multiple things if multiple things out there have counters, and you can stack those triggers and sort of respond to them in Mm -hmm. between. So there's a lot of tricky stuff you can do with Volrath, and just a powerful card. They stay as a 7-5 too, which is relevant. Yep. Uh, Ryami, first of the Fallen, is the third new commander. It's one, and again, salt size to the same casting cost as Kadena for a 5-4 legendary creature vampire. If a non-token creature would die, exile that card with a blood counter on it instead. And as long as an exiled creature card with a blood counter on it has flying, Ryami has flying. And the same is true for First Strike, Double Strike, Death Touch, Haste, Hexproof, Indestructible, Lifelink, Menace, Protection, Reach, Trample, and Vigilance. So Rayami waits for creatures to die. Uh, they get exiled instead, which is really important against graveyard decks. And they have a blood counter on it, and then any of those creatures with blood counters on it, whatever keyword abilities they have, Rayami adopts them as well. So uh, he, she, thing, it, vampire becomes vampire. a very scary, scary one. Yeah, slowly gathers keyword abilities yeah. throughout the game. It's like a vampire is biting them every single time they leave the battlefield and be like, I want your prowess. Yeah, very interesting. I'm not sure how that deck looks. Do you put a bunch of your own creatures with to keyword die? abilities then to you're die just and get exiled? But are you just hoping that they have good keyword abilities your opponents do that you're going to get i'm not really sure yeah yeah uh the final commander new legendary creature anyway in the deck is grismald the dread sower it's one black and a green for a three three legendary troll shaman so this cannot be run as the commander right out of the box because grismald doesn't have blue Mm -hmm. it has trample at the beginning of your end step each player creates a one one green plant creature token each player Okay. And then whenever a creature token dies, you put a 1-1 counter 
on Grismald. So Grismald slowly gets bigger as the tokens, presumably, that you're giving everyone else, all of it dies. We talked about this a little in our new commander review mm -hmm. about how there's pestilence and a bunch of stuff you can do with it. Grismald not really in the running, again, out of the box to be uh, one of the commanders. We always do this. Uh, this is our first one of these, so mm -hmm. we'll just go over it. But we, it's not always a given that you're going to run the face commander who's on the box as the commander of the deck you know, once when you buy it, shuffle it up without changing it or whatever. So we always like to look at the stats of the deck and decide which of the commanders you want to run. Now, for some of them, it's very obvious, and for some of them, it's not. Yeah. And uh, so this, so it's, I guess it's time for the oh, yeah. juice, 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 juice. stats. A lot of you commented on the new graphic we have for that. Thank you. Oh, Thanks. yeah. Thank you to Tiago, who actually is one of our fans who created that stats graphic where, like, yeah. they fly down, like, a couple of years ago. Yeah, and emailed us out of the blue, and we are like, <laughs> It's pretty cool. <laughs> and we sort of forgot to use it, and then it just kind of sat on our server, and we were like, wait, we have this thing. We should use it this year. So, yeah. Tiago, thank you. You rock. You rock. Um, okay. Tiago. Yeah, so the stats in the deck, there are 11 ramp cards. Okay. Eight card draw cards. Including the commander. Uh, yep. Four board wipes and 12 targeted removal. You'll notice these stats are the same from when we did our deck reveal video. Mm -hmm. We like these stats a lot. This looks almost perfect. Uh, maybe even a little high in the targeted removal category, but wow. Yeah. Everything here, I mean, I would add more card draw, even though the commander is card draw on the stick. Uh, and yeah, targeted removal 12 seems a little high, but in general, this if you just showed me a deck and said this was in it, I'd be like, you're our, this is good, this is great. Like, I'll need to know more about the deck to know that you're doing something right. Right, but we're talking in the margins. We might add a couple more here or take one or two out. Yeah. You're not vastly off, which I think is awesome. And all of the, all of the decks were designed sort of, quote-unquote, correctly, according to us, in this mm -hmm. area. So now, this year, maybe unlike years past, we don't have to mess around like, hey, add these Gotta card add draw spells. In, yeah. We can actually add like, say, hey, add these fun cards that are, you know, because it's easy to say like, add Rhystic Study, add, <laughs> you know, Rampant Growth, blah, blah, blah. But it's kind of boring for every deck to want to add that stuff. Yeah. And so the fact that they designed them where they're good on that access, a lot more fun for us. Also means that you could do something that we normally do, which is like, you can take out a piece of targeted removal because yeah. you got so many. Yeah. All right, let's talk about some other stats here in relation to who you should be running as the commander. So this is what we're sort of going to look at to tell us which of these three commanders we should run. It's For this one, it's an obvious answer, but yeah. um, we'd like to go through the motions anyway. There are 22 morphs in the deck or cards that create face-down creatures like manifest cards. Um, there are nine cards that care about or benefit morphs or face-down creatures. So that's for Kadena, obviously. Seems like we're being pushed in a direction. Yeah, anytime there's more than 20 of something, you're probably going to want to <laughs> do that thing. Uh, there are 10 creatures with counters on them or that care about counters. This is for Volrath because Volrath cares about counters. They're mostly Megamorph creatures, though. Yeah. And there's like one Proliferate card. So that um, theme is not super well supported. And then there are nine creatures with keyword abilities that Rayami would care about. So not very relevant. There. Yeah, I just don't think you're running Rayami or Volrath, and uh, there's uh, honestly no obvious synergy with Grismald at all. Yeah, you're not really making tokens. Uh, Grismald only looks really good if your other opponents are making a bunch of creature tokens and they die, so he gets big. Yeah, you have no way to really pump the amount of tokens Grismald is making. You don't have any obvious ways to kill those one ones all the time. It yeah. Also, well, he doesn't have obviously blue. he doesn't have blue, so you couldn't <laughs> run him. Um, so very obviously, this deck is skewed towards Kadena, and 99.9% .9 of the time, you're going to run Kadena. 
maybe 100% of the time, you're going to run Kadena as the commander out of this deck if you want to, you know, if you want to try and win. For fun, yeah. for, for fun, you could do Volrath or something, but I don't think the deck is going to run as well. Yeah, and also just we when we were testing it, we thought the same thing. Like, well, we could use someone else, or you could just play Kadena, and because Kadena is going to draw you so many cards over the course of the game, you're just going to draw the other commanders, so you just pretend like they're your commander once you draw them. Yeah, you'll get to try both out if you do Kadena, whereas yeah. if you do Volrath, you might only get to try Volrath out. Yep. Okay, let's talk about the best cards in the deck. Uh, yeah, I think this is probably the best the card that best comes card? in the deck, probably. Yeah, I mean, this is a, a draft favorite that both Josh and mine. It's Secret Plans. It's green and the blue for an enchantment. And face-down creatures you control get plus zero, plus one. And whenever a permanent you control is turned face up, draw a card. So this with Kadena means you are drawing a bunch of cards in this deck. It's very powerful. And making your morphs two threes is relevant. Yeah. Yeah, now when you play a Morph, you draw a card. When you flip it up, you draw a card. That's just great synergy. If that's not the best card in the deck, then this card is probably the best card in the deck. <laughs> it's Trail of Mystery, one in a green for an enchantment. Whenever a face-down creature enters the battlefield under your control, you may search your library for a basic land card, reveal Whoa. it, put it into your hand, then shuffle your library. So so you'll draw two cards with Kadena. Basically, one of them is just going to be a basic land. Yep. And then whenever a permanent you control is turned face up, if it's a creature, it gets plus two, plus two until end of turn. Yeah. This actually surprisingly relevant, too, because it makes it even harder for your opponents... To attack into something. Yeah, or block you when you attack. And there are a lot of morphs where, like, it's bad news for them one way or the other. Like, if they block, yeah. it's bad news. If they don't, it's bad news. Yep. So this just makes it even harder for them to sort of deal with knowing what you might have. Yeah, and this and these both these enchantments only cost two mana. They're very easy to cast early on, or when you have Kadena, and because you're getting the mana discount, you could cast this and the morph on the same turn. If Kadena always said draw a land as well as another card, <laughs> yeah, pretty darn good. Yeah, really good. Um, this may be one of my new favorite cards of the set. It's a brand new card. It's called Scroll of Fate. Three mana for an artifact. You can tap it and manifest a card from your hand. So you put that card on the battlefield as a 2-2 creature, and then you can base it becomes a morph, but they call it manifest because it slightly different than how it enters the battlefield usually well also in a manifest is flipped up for if it's, it's a creature mana cost, right if it's a creature it flips up for its mana cost if it's not a creature you just can never flip it up yeah and um, it doesn't have special text or a morph cost on it right so you can like if you have too many lands or something you can yep. just turn one of them into a 2-2 creature and be like i've got three lands in my hand i don't really need this thing also so hard for someone to attack you again now because you can just make a free blocker and in this deck specifically it'll draw you a card with kadena yeah and then it could be a morph, which you could flip up for the morph cost, or it could still be a manifest, like just another creature in the deck that mm -hmm. you could flip up for its mana cost. It synergizes with secret plans as well as Trail of Mystery. Yeah. It's just very, very powerful. And three mana, you can use it immediately. Another one of the best cards in the deck, also a new card, is Thieving Amalgam. Five black black. So seven mana for a six seven ape snake. <laughs> It does look like an ape snake. I feel like LSV would like that. <laughs> it says, at the beginning of each opponent's upkeep, you manifest the top card of that player's library. So if I pass the turn, goes to Jimmy, and before he draws, he untaps, and I go, wait, hold on, take the top card of his library and manifest it as a 2-2 on my side of the battlefield. But that's my card. Yeah. Now, if I have the right mana colors, I can flip it up if it's a creature. Mm -hmm. I have to have the right colors, though. This doesn't anywhere say, like... You can pay mana as though it mana any color, which is that would too, be insane. Which is too bad. But whatever. I get a two two on that's on everybody's upkeep. Mm -hmm. Then that's not it. There's more. It says whenever a creature you control but don't own dies, <laughs> its owner loses two life and you gain two life. So now if that creature I manifested from Jimmy 
if he attacks me and I block with it and it dies, he's going to lose two life and I'm going to gain two life. Dang it. <laughs> if you have like a sack outlets and stuff, I mean... Even we, just the board wipe just would drain the whole table. We played in a couple games where this stayed alive for a couple rotations and it becomes super oppressive. Right. You might say seven mana is a lot, but seven mana and you pass the turn to three different people, you're getting six power worth of creatures that may be able to be flipped up. Or you're and this just thing's taking, a six seven. Yeah, and this thing's a six seven. So you're, that's 12 power over the course of one turn. And uh, honestly, I found it really hard to remove leaving yeah. them out because you often have better things you need to get rid of. So seven mana is a lot, but the impact is pretty big. And then, like you said, once the normal counter to like you create a bunch of free creatures is board wipe but if that gets too big it's like i'm gonna board wipe i'm gonna take six everybody else can take six and they're gonna gonna gain gain like 18 (laughs) yeah it's kakusho yeah very strong card all right uh this next card you you had you had to read this one it's a uh, this card has been played to great effect on game nights shout out to vinny sweet card ixadron three blue blue for a star star creature illusion as it enters the battlefield turn all other non-token creatures face down they're all become tutus Ixodron's power and toughness are each equal to the number of face-down creatures on the battlefield. Now, they're just turned face-down. Your opponents don't get to morph them back up. Yeah, they're not manifested. Yeah, they're not manifested. You can't flip them up for their mana cost. They're just tutus. However, your morphs, you still can flip them back you up. Yeah, use them again. Because morphs don't care why they're face-down. They just care if they're face-down. Yep, and then you get to trigger all of your Trail of Mystery, Secret Plan sorts of things. Uh, Ixodron is incredibly powerful. It's a board wipe that feels more like humility in a way, turns everyone's creatures into just useless things, and then boom, you can start trading them off against each other. They're great to block and attack. It's su- it's super annoying when somebody exodrons because, yeah, all your stuff is, it's worse than if it died. Yeah. Because now I got to get it in the graveyard to maybe get it back out, but it's useless to me out there mm-hmm. on the battlefield. Yeah, that card's great. Um, let's talk about some notable reprints in the deck. There's a really good one. I think this is the, it's either the highest value reprint or top two. Oh, in, the in Commander, Commander 2019, yeah. I think Geth may have been up there. But it's Seedborn Muse, three green green for a 2-4 spirit. It says, untap all permanents you control during each other player's untap step. It's one half, if not <clears throat> better, than the old Prophet of Krufix because you're untapping yeah. all your permanents, including your mana rocks and lands. Yeah, it's crazy. And with Morph specifically, it makes total sense because you play your morphs, and then you need that mana on other players' turns to flip them up. Mm -hmm. And so having that ability can just be supreme value. Yep. There's also Temp with Discovery, a card we talk a lot about in the show and play a lot with. It's a three and a green sorcery with Tempting Offer. So basically, you're going to go into your library and search for any land card, and then all of your opponents get to decide in order if they also want to do that. And for each opponent that does do that, you get another land card. So you could get four lands for the price of four mana or one land if everyone knows to say no to you. Yeah, say no, say no. Or get, or, or go get strip mine. Yeah, get get your land removal <clears throat> spells. Uh, and the last reprint that we're going to talk about is Thran Dynamo, four mana for an artifact that taps for three colorless mana. This is just a kind of staple card that always over time creeps up. Mm-hmm. So I think it was around the 5 $6 range. It'll go down now because it's been revealed as a reprint. And then watch, two years, three years, it's going to creep right back up. Because this yep. is just the kind of card that goes in a lot of decks. Yep, and it's an artifact. Um, now, a lot of people were asking us about the like sort of the reprint value. We determined the price when we did the reviews. But this deck in particular had like a list of like 15 cards that are all over 2 bucks. Just a lot of small value add reprints over time. So it's not all of them are going to be big and flashy like Seaborn Muse, but there's a lot of value packed in here. Yeah, the otherwise. approximate reprint value of this deck before the previous season started 
just the reprints again, not the new cards, was about ninety six or ninety seven dollars somewhere between that. Yeah, which I think, I a lot think of people, is people forget like Soul Ring is like a five six dollar Command yeah. Tower. Yeah, is a three dollar card. I I have seen some grumblings online that people are still not happy with the the reprint value in this set and. It's way better than last year. Last year's was pretty horrible. Yeah. Every one of these decks has a few cards in the six and seven dollar range. I think we gotta temper our expectations a little bit, to be fair, because there is problem. I, I listen, I've said to you guys out there, I've said to wizards, literally like in meetings with game designers at wizards, I think it would be good to put one high value reprint per deck and something in the fifteen, twenty dollar range. I used to say Vidalkan Ori, that's gone above that range now i <laughs> yeah. used to say sensei's divining top would be a good one rhystic studies one we throw out there yeah. all the time i used to say sort of visa and famine again that's above that range now um there are reasons why they don't want to do that and the major reason is when you put one big high value reprint in a deck what tends to happen is that people start buying that deck and hoarding it that they don't need it because the value is so high and then it becomes hard to find that deck yeah it inflates for the market yeah for players that want the deck to buy and play with. And so Wizards has a really small needle to thread where they want enough value that everybody out there doesn't get super mad. But at the same time, if they put too much value, then it becomes hard to find the product. Yeah, and this is, again, product <clears throat> geared for new players. I like yeah. what they did, which is like, let's slam the value in a bunch of smaller cards in the so, 2 $3 range. There's quite that a few up. 5 and $6 cards. Like, there's three or four in each deck. So, yeah. you know, I, listen, is it the best case scenario for reprints? I, I don't. I don't think so. I think we could maybe do a little bit better, but... It's pretty good. I mean, uh, you're getting more than hundred dollars in value worth of cards. If you count the new cards, it's probably well over that. It's hard yeah. to know where the new cards will land in value at this point. But yeah, I would also say that it's really valuable to think about like prior case scenarios, like the Jaleva deck or the Hell of a deck. I think had True Name Nemesis in it, that, and, and that screwed up everything. No one could buy it. No one could Couldn't find, find it. it. Yeah, and that was something that they, was unintended too. The Atraxa um, deck, Atraxa got. Now this was because of new cards yeah. that they designed, but Atraxa got so. Um, expensive by herself that it became hard to find that deck and a lot of people that wanted to build it couldn't even find it yeah uh, it's a it's a difficult balance to make i don't think the the online chatter may fully take into effect just how crazy of a process it is process it is to deal with like a online market like this as well like magic is one of the few games that has this individually unique problem that's why they do sets like Modern Horizons, to reprint new cards. But at the same time, when you buy a Modern Horizons pack, you don't know what's going to be inside it. Yeah. When you buy a Commander 2019 deck, you know exactly what's going to be inside it. So that makes reprinting cards a little bit harder because people are going to target their buys as well. Especially, people forget this all the time, retailers would just go and crack open hundreds and thousands of Commander products just to get one single out of it to sell. Especially if, also there, affects. if there was a $20 card in each one, I mean... They wouldn't even put it on the shelf, probably. They're going to crack it, sell the $20 card, and then know they're going to get their value back from selling the rest. The singles, yeah. yeah and so, that actually hurts the more casual player that has a chance to pick up these decks. Yeah, it's tough. I, I, again, I, I do wish they would put, like, one $15 card in each deck. I think they could do it. But at the same time, if you think about it out there, your EV, your expected value on any booster pack, on any booster box, is generally less than the cost of that thing. Right. Not so with Commander product. Yeah. Your EV is guaranteed higher than the MSRP. Like, we did the math. $97 just in the reprints. It's not $97 to buy the pre-con even if the Even if it gets cut in half and it goes down to $45. Yeah, it's true, but don't say that out loud. I know, but like, but I'm just sort of saying, like, <laughs> yeah. even if the if the reprints took the value of the cards and all halved it, you're still getting a decent amount of value. So, like, yeah, when you buy a booster box or a booster pack, you're not getting that. So. And right. also... 
One last thing. <laughs> this is a product intended for new players. If you are an enfranchised player and you are upset at the value of reprints in the deck, you don't need to buy it. We say this all the time, you vote with your wallet. Someone else may buy it and love it, but you don't need to be that person. Right, and you can like, just literally buy only Kadena, and the singles. Uh, Scroll Fate, and a couple other singles, and then you already probably have most of the other cards, and so that reprint value doesn't matter to you. Yeah, Save that's true too. Save yourself some time and mental anguish. <laughs> all right, uh, before we continue, we're going to go into next the cards we would add, the cards we would take out to quickly improve the deck. But before we get into that, we're going to take a quick break and hear a message from our sponsors. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. All right, we are back. Next up, we are going to be talking about the cards that we would take out and the cards that we would put in. 10 cards, $25 limit to make this deck hum a little bit better. Sing a little bit better with this lead singer, Kadena. And uh, well, let, let's see what let's see what you got here, Josh. Yeah, uh, we we split these up because there's four decks. So I'm doing this one. The next episode, Jimmy will do, which is the Rakdos deck. Rakdos. I don't know about you, but I found it harder this year than normal to figure out what to take out of the deck. Usually, there's like yeah. a bunch of crap, and I'm like, well, this is obviously out. And then often in years past, I've been like, there's 15 cards I want to take out. So yeah. which of these bad cards are the best? <laughs> the best of the bad, yeah. I actually got to eight cards that I found were easy, and the last two I sat in anguish over for like a half hour being like, well, do I want to get rid of this synergy yeah, for that? I was like, there's like the last three or four cards, I you could run these cards perfectly fine and they'd be good in the deck. Yeah. But I have to find 10 to take out. So that just speaks, I think, to how well-designed these decks are compared to decks in the past. And that's a testament to um, our friend Glenn Jones, yeah, who was very heavily involved in designing these decks, and Gavin Verhey, another friend of the show, who uh, I think oversaw that project. I yeah. think Glenn was like... You know, in the trenches on it. Thank <clears throat> you, guys. Uh, I remember buying my first Commander Precon and playing it, and it was garbage. Oh, in the old days, there <laughs> was like one anything. third of three decks yeah. shuffled together. <laughs> this one feels cohesive, yeah. Okay, so let's talk about the cards that we would add. Um, one thing about Kadena that's important to note is her first line of text says, the first face-down creature spell you cast each turn costs three less to cast. So the ability to to cast a morph or a creature spell on your opponent's turns is paramount in this deck mm -hmm. because it will allow you to take advantage of getting that three extra mana on it. What like the difference between I get three extra mana on my turn and the I get three extra mana on everybody's turn? That's nine extra mana. Yeah, it's you a lot. get, and you get to draw the cards 
when you play the morphs because of Kandina. And so you can just get that engine super rolling. That's four times more effective if you can find some cards that allow you to cast things at flash speed, which is already something that you know I love. <clears throat> However, the bad news here is that, as I alluded to earlier, Falcon Orrery would be our entire budget for this deck. <laughs> Um, they need to reprint that card. Please reprint that card soon. Yeah, it wouldn't affect standard, right? I know people get mad at me because they think every time I talk about it, I make it more expensive and I'm like ruining it it's somehow. It's your fault, Josh. Yeah, every time I talk about it, I'm trying to get them to realize, hey, we need to put more of those out there. That is not a card that should be $27. Yeah. However, they did reprint a very similar card recently. Very recently. Maybe this is their them being like, hey, we want to do this and affect standard at the same time. I don't know. We'll find out. So Leyline of Anticipation got printed in M20. And it is in the Leyline uh, cycle. cycle. So basically all these cards, if you draw them in your opening hand, you get to play them for free on the battlefield. Some people might say that this is actually better than Vidalcanori in certain decks. Yeah, but I, th I think in most decks with blue, it is better. I yeah. talk about Vidalcan just because it's colorless. Um, but it so it's two to blue, blue for an enchantment. Like Jimmy said, it has that uh, the writer text of if it's in your opening hand, you may begin the game with it on the battlefield. Free four mana. So that's even before your first turn. That's before anybody does anything. Yeah. Um, and it just says, you may cast spells as though they had flash. It's right now $4. Get it. <laughs> Buy it. Buy a couple of them. Because this got up to around 20 It will go up again. We know from Vidalcan Ori. It was in the core set, which means a lot mm. of these are going to get printed. So you have a pretty good chance of getting it around this price. I would just say go for it. There's like a promo version of some kind. Like just get in there, get a couple of them. You're going to want it in some decks, especially this one. Uh, so that obviously allows you to do the thing, play the morphs on other people's turns, get extra value. There's two other cards. I think this is so important to the deck that I, I, I devoted three of my 10 slots to, hey, you should cast things at instant speed. I like um, that. Vivian Champion of the Wilds is the next one. She's one of the Planeswalkers from War of the Spark. Two and a green for a four loyalty Planeswalker. She has the static ability of you may cast creature spells as though they had flash. Pretty cool for three mana, yeah. I mean, I even like this one maybe better because you cast her before Kadena comes mm -hmm. out. Then you cast Kadena, and now Morph is free on my turn. Pass to your turn. Morph, Morph is, free is free on your turn. Draw card. You could have four morphs out on turn you're untapping on your turn five you have four morphs kadena and vivian speaking of vivian Dr drawn a million cards oh yeah vivian's hey, here up? on the playmat different vivian. on my ultra pro playmat very nice uh i'm not even going to read the abilities on vivian they they could be important but they're not a big deal that's mostly why you want her is the yeah, flash she's speed. card draw as well yeah. on, on top of her uh, to find more cards uh, in your library and then the third card that gives things flash speed is a land it's Alchemist Refuge. This is the actually, I think, the most expensive card of the bunch. It's around $7 right now. It's uh, a land that you pay. It, it taps for colorless mana, or you can tap it and pay a green and a blue, and it does exactly what Leyline and Vivian do, which it allows you to cast spells as though they had flash. This turn only. Yeah, for this turn. So it's but not, still very good. It's not as good as the other two, because it's difficult for me to be like, use it on Jimmy's turn, mm -hmm. use it on Mel's turn, you know, use it on, the, on Ashlyn's turn. But again, if you have just one extra morph to play per round of the table, that's still drawing you the cards, still taking advantage of that extra mana. And then if you had something like Seedborn or whatever out, you could use it on everybody's turn. So yeah. there is some synergy. Um, so yes, giving creatures flash, instant speed, very important to the deck. Uh, and I think we'll up the value by like a significant quotient. Give you more amount of play too, especially with a card like Kadena. I think is going to be one of those commanders that people will remove more quickly than not just because it generates so much value. Yeah, true. All 
All right. Well, speaking of value, let's put more face-down creatures on the battlefield. Josh has included four new creatures that all help to do this. The first up is a card that I have not seen in quite a while. It's Primordial Mist. Primordial Mist is four in the blue for an enchantment. At the beginning of your end step, you may manifest the top card of your library. So it comes in the battlefield as a face-down 2-2 creature. And then you can also exile a face-down permanent you control face up. You may play that card this turn. You still pay its cost. Timing rules still apply. So if you manifest a sorcery or an enchantment, now you can play it with Primordial Mist. Yeah, pretty great. Even a land. If you right. just needed the land, you can use this you can ability. Play that card. Yeah, you're not casting it, you're playing the card. Yeah, so I, I like this a lot. It gets you extra manifest cards are face down creatures entering the battlefield. So you'll draw the card off Kadena, and then it if other cards in the deck, like Scroll of Fate, let you manifest things, and you can use that second ability now to play right. non creature spells. The question is, because you're exiling the card and you're you're doing it face up, does that count for secret plans and trail of mystery as a card that's being turned face up? I However, it is under your control, so I'm guessing when you exile it, it doesn't yeah, trigger. Yeah, I don't two. think that'll work for the non-creatures. But if you you can still, if you if it's a manifest, it's a creature. You don't have to use that second right. text. You can just flip, flip it, it back on up. over. Yeah, right. And imagine if you accidentally manifest secret plans itself. Ah. Usually that would be so sad, right? Yeah. <laughs> now you're like, nope. I'll just I'll exile it face up and then cast it. Yep. And you also get an extra card draw trigger off of Kadena at the beginning of your end step. Yep. Pretty cool. Uh, the next one is Whisperwood Elemental, and this one is from Consbach Fate Reforged, maybe? Mm -hmm. Fate Reforged. It's three green green for an elemental to four four. At the beginning of your end step, manifest the top card of your library. Then you can sacrifice Whisperwood Elemental, and until end of turn, face up non-token creatures you control, gain, when this creature dies, manifest the top card of your library. Huh. Board white protection. Yeah. Pretty cool. And again, extra manifest, extra card draw. Yeah, imagine, yeah, oh my gosh, Kadena's, somehow indestructible <laughs> you do this or you just sack your entire thing and then boom you manifest everything draw a bunch of cards that yep. seems really powerful yeah pretty sweet good job whisperwood uh <laughs> ugin the ineffable uh doesn't make actually yes he does make manifests he also makes ugin's just great six mana legendary planeswalker uh comes in with four loyalty and colorless spells you cast cost two less to cast so now all of your morphs cost one if they're not free from kadena yep you can plus one to exile the top card of your library face down, and you get a look at it, and you create a 2-2 colorless spirit creature token. When that token leaves the battlefield, put the exile card into your hand, and is minus three, which I think is the more important. Destroy target permanent that's one or more colors. This actually does a lot of stuff. You get a exiled card face down, you look at it. Uh, it doesn't trigger any of the when the face down creature enters the battlefield, but you do get a little spirit token. You get to draw that card if your low 2-2 dies, and you can just blow up a permanent. Yep, and the negative two to colorless spells is big. Morphs costing one is a real big yeah. deal because you're going to often want to play more than one on a turn. You could chain together some crazy turns. Yep, and you want mana open a lot too because the morphs, in order to flip up, mm -hmm. you know, cost mana generally. And so just being able to be like, play more for free, pay more for one mana, hold up four or five mana. Now, either one of my morphs or maybe both could flip up and do stuff mm -hmm. is way better than being like, I'm only holding up one or two mana. Because most of the really powerful morphs require four and five to flip up and really do something bad. Like, you got to worry about they're going to jack my spell or something <laughs> when they've got five mana open, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay, the next one is Jeskai Infiltrator. This is a simple one, but a lot of value. So it's two and a blue for a two, three human monk. It can't be blocked as long as you control no other creatures, which is unlikely to happen. We're not too worried about that. But when Jeskai Infiltrator deals combat damage to a player... You exile it and the top card of your library in a face-down pile. You shuffle that pile, then manifest those cards. 
So you get to manifest the Jeskai Infiltrator and the top card of your library, mm -hmm. which will trigger Kadena twice, two face-down creatures entering the battlefield, draw you two cards. And now, two things I like about this. It's a three-drop. So you play it on three, you play Kadena on four. Now you're attacking. And on probably one of your opponents, hopefully, will be, have a free attack. So you're going to just immediately draw two cards, play a morph, draw another card. And now on the next turn, if you attack with all three of them, well, they don't know which which of the manifests is the Jeff Sky Infiltrator. If you have a free attack, you're good. You can flip it back up, do that again, draw two yeah. more cards. Or shuffle those cards and put it back on. No one knows which one's which. So this could draw you two cards a turn, possibly. Or also, like, you know, you could just play the odds, be like, I'm going to attack you with two manifests, 50-50 chance you block the wrong one, yeah. and still get the card draw. Yeah, it's just a very simple card. It's only like a quarter but I think very good in the deck. Yeah, to clarify, every time... So this specifically has you shuffle the manifested cards and then put them on the battlefield because you can know which ones they are, but this is to make sure your opponent doesn't. Right. But if you were to, like, for instance, play another morph, your opponent will know that that morph is different than the two that were manifested by Jessica Infiltrator. Right. So they have limited knowledge, but yeah, it's that's kind of a fun game to play. Yeah, I like that. Uh, okay, and the final category I called Get Tricky With It. I think one of the cool things about morph is... <laughs> you <laughs> Getting tricky with it? Uh you hold a lot of your mana open, and so being able to sort of have multiple ways to take advantage of that is good. This first card we talked about in the um, in the new commander review, I think mm -hmm. it's so strong. There's so many scenarios where this card will just bring your opponents to their knees. You want to read it? Yeah. It's words of wind. Two in the blue for an enchantment. It's not Rhystic Study. Uh, you have the activated ability. You can pay one generic mana, and the next time you would draw a card this turn, each player returns a permanent they control to its owner's hand instead. So it replaces your card draw with a force everyone to bounce a permanent to their hand, which is great because Kadena's drawing you so many cards. And also, on the morph play, it triggers, right? The mm -hmm. card draw triggers. So you go, I play my morph for free. Trigger, I'm going to draw a card. In response to that trigger, I pay the one. I'm not going to draw that card. I'm going to, everybody's going to return a permanent they control their hand. I'm going to return my morph. What are you guys going to return? Oh, crap. Yeah. Something. A land, yeah. an artifact, some, a creature, a token, that something they don't want to return. I'll now, let's say I have one of my flash cards out. Mm. I just wait until Jimmy's card, do the turn, do that again. Or I could just replay the morph, pay the three, and then pay one more. And now I bounce two permanents from everybody. Like, if yeah. you do that three times... Game oh, over. You set them so far back, unless they're making a ton of tokens. But yeah. if they even have to drop one land back to their hand, that's that's rough. I mean, you will just lose the game if you have to return. You like basically rewind two of your land drops. Yeah, that's really bad. Yeah. So this card is very, I think, very powerful in the deck. And returning morphs you flipped up could be good. So you could play a morph for free and then mm -hmm. return a morph that you flipped up. So now I can redeploy it face down to flip it up again. So returning things to your hand is something you just want to do. Actually, playing this with Rhystic Study seems really mean. Uh, yeah, because now they got to redeploy and make you draw even like more cards. And then yeah. you... <laughs> no matter what they're losing, they either have to pay one for the spell, or you're going to draw a card, or instead you're, they're going to make them bounce something. Uh, yeah, it seems brutal, rough. brutal, brutal, yeah. Okay, next card <laughs> to get tricky with it. Team Reward Shaman. I always wanted to play this card. It seems so great. Uh, four green, green for a creature human shaman, four, five, one. Team Reward Shaman enters the battlefield, manifests the top card of your library. And whenever a permanent you control is turned face up, if it's a creature, you may have it. Fight target creature you don't control. That's pretty fun. All your face down morphs and creatures become removal spells when they flip up. Also, morph is a special action. Yeah. So the timing on this is Intense. pretty nuts. Although it will trigger 
the team or war shaman, which is not a special action. So, yeah. but still, you can do it at instant speed at weird times. Yeah, and it's a May ability, so you don't have to have it fight it. But even if it's like, hey, I'm going to attack block with you with this Jeskai Infiltrator, like, crap. All right, well, I'm going to flip this thing up, get rid of that or whatever, or get rid of a blocker. Make sure that you get to save your cards. Yep. And so Tricky. we're down to the 10th and final card on the list. I believe Seedborn Muse to be one of the best cards in the deck. And so a second Seedborn Muse, or as close as we can get to it, seemed like a really good idea. So I'm recommending Wilderness Reclamation. Uh, it's Wilderness Recommendation, more yeah. like. <laughs> <laughs> it's three and a green for an enchantment. At the beginning of your end step, untap all lands you control. So it's a one-time Seedborn Muse. It's all lands, not permanents. Yeah. It's... It's a decent amount worse, although it's an enchantment, so harder to remove, but very, very powerful, especially given that we are already leaning into the cast things at flash speed part. Mm -hmm. So this works very well with that as well. Yeah, and just having the ability to untap your... Even if you're getting one extra turn where you're like, I'm going to Kadena out two more things, draw two more cards, that's you know replacing the fact that you had to play a four-man enchantment. Yeah, flip something up where I wouldn't have been able to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because like I said... Yeah, playing all your morphs out and then having all your lands untapped so you can hold the mana up for the entire turn cycle is even... You don't need to be playing something every single turn. It's hard to quantify how much advantage you gain, but you definitely gain a lot of advantage by having morphs on the table with mana open yeah. in that it forces your opponents to play in a way that's uncomfortable uncomfortable for them. Yeah. There's certain things they'll be unwilling to do because of what you might be able to do. And you never get to know the, exactly what that information is, but I guarantee that's an advantage and a pretty big one. Yep. All right. Let's talk about the cards we would take out of... Uh, I lose. That was a good throw. <laughs> I think I landed on the yeah, side. Yeah, yeah, right. it's by the window. It the last steps are one of those episodes where how yeah, you like wedged it in into chair. the chair. What that was amazing. Of that. I guess you do this for five years. At some point, the paper's going to go. In some I want you to try places. and repeat that every time now. Oh god, you didn't even try. You just whoop. It, <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, let's talk about the ten cards to take out. Um, the first two are two of the commanders that I believe just don't synergize at all. Yeah, and are kind of like wasted space. Although Volrath, I would still keep in the deck because. It's just kind of powerful on its own. Yeah. Volrath is just one of those, like, good stuff creatures. Yeah. It'll get value. It can clone something, which is always important, so... It could kill stuff, too. Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah. So, Riami, we Sorry. talked about earlier. I just don't think there's... What anti-synergizes against your deck in a little bit of the way? What if you want to, you know... Yeah, your you creatures die and you want to get them back. You yeah. know, Den Protector and stuff like card. that. Yeah. yeah. So, I just... And there's only, like, eight cards with the keywords that Riami cares about, yeah. so it's just not worth having in there. And Grismold, you're for another deck... It's okay. You definitely don't want to be giving tokens to your opponents in this deck necessarily. You don't have a way to take advantage of it. So you're just giving stuff to people that you don't have any yeah. way to sort of like make strategical uh, advantage for yourself from that. So yeah, those two are easy um, takeouts. This next card is in a couple of the decks. Yeah, I don't... I hate this card. I don't like this card. <laughs> I'm sorry, whoever made this, whoever designed it, I... There's Listen, they often design cards for different types of players and there's yeah. probably a type of player sees this and thinks it's really cool. We're just not those players. Yeah, it's Dependent on Prosperity. It's a three-mana artifact. It enters the battlefield under the control of an opponent of your choice. So that's a three-mana do-nothing. Three-mana give someone a card. That seems bad. Two-mana, the opponent... Remember, your opponent has this, so yeah, they're so going to choose to activate this ability or not. Two-tap, draw a card. Then you may put a land card from your hand on the battlefield. Depending on Prosperity's owner draws a card, then that player may put a land card from their hand on the battlefield. So you're the owner... So you're both going to get the symmetrical effect where you tap, pay two, and tap it. They have to pay the two, by the way. Yeah. They tap it, draw a card, and they can put a land on the table, and then you can do the same thing. So, like, I cast this card. I give it to Jimmy, 
And then I'm like, I hope you pay two mana and tap it so that you'll draw a card and put a land in the battlefield, and so will I. Yeah. But Jimmy could very easily just be like, nah. I'm never going to do that. You just lost a card for nothing. For nothing, yeah. Or, like, I don't need to draw a card and put a land on the battlefield. I just played Rampant Growth or yeah. whatever it is. I mean, maybe you're giving this to the mono-white player every time. Or you <laughs> are the mono-white player. Yeah. And, and maybe you can make friends at the table and somebody will do it. I think you it, could... Imagine if that card just said, when it enters the battlefield, its owner draws a card and puts a land down on the battlefield. Oh, okay, yeah. And now it just... Or it's kind of like a defector where if it exchanges control, they get to do the same thing, but they have to pay to activate it. I, I just like to guarantee get something out of it when I first cast it. Yeah. And then if they don't use it, it doesn't really just totally suck for me. It has group hug written all over it, but yeah. it also has hope your players are willing to invest two mana into this thing that you also gain advantage from. Yeah. I mean, Zedru and stuff, obviously, but not this deck. Or decks or cards that like let you give mana to other people. Um. Okay, so all the rest of the cards, maybe with the exception of one or two, I thought you can make an argument that they could, they're could they fine and they could stay in the deck. Yeah. Uh, so that's how well-built the deck was. The next one I'm, we're going to talk about is Voice of Many. I like this card a lot, actually. Yeah, it's two green-green for a 3-3 three, three Elf Druid. When Voice of Many enters the battlefield, you draw a card for each opponent who controls fewer creatures than you. Yeah, a little conditional, but you get to draw a card. I mean, I think this is great in the Flicker deck. Yeah, yeah. Um, however, I think, like... You don't have ways to blink it. You're not really a go super wide guarantee I always have more creatures than everybody else deck. You you will have more creatures than a few players sometimes, but there'll be times when this is four mana, three, three, draw a card, mm -hmm. which is not good enough in Commander, I don't think. Yeah, draw Unless two can, cards maybe. Yeah, that's pretty good. Uh, Just play Harmonize. Yeah, it does get a little better maybe with Words of Wind, but... It, I still think you probably take it out. Yep. Bounty of the Luxa. It's a fun one. Uh, two green and a blue for an enchantment at the beginning of your pre-combat phase. Remove all flood counters from Bounty of the Luxa. But if no flood counters are removed this way, you put a flood counter on it and then you draw a card. Um, otherwise, you get to add colorless green and blue. So it's a kind of ramp kind of card draw. It's on and off each turn, but it is a little slow and it costs a lot of mana. Yeah, and it's just on the turns you want the mana, you might be drawing the card... I would rather just know it's going to give me either the card draw or yeah. the three mana every turn. Uh, the fact that it flips back and forth is a little annoying. The next one is a new card in an interesting design. It's Mire of Misery, one in a black for a sorcery. Each opponent sacrifices a creature or enchantment. Black. That's it. Getting enchantments, sort of. Sort of. I think the choices are just too wide. You're not often going to get what you want with this. A lot of times, and when we played the pre-cons, I had this in my hand for a lot of one of the games, and I just every I knew exactly what everyone was going to sacrifice when I cast it, and it, was and just it never wasn't good. worth it. Yeah, yeah, and it was just like I'm. I wish that they didn't sacrifice that enchantment, but they won't. They'll sacrifice that creature, and that, I don't care about that creature. So yeah. casting this now just does nothing. Yeah, thought sponge. Great name. Three in the blue. Flash. Creature Sponge. 1-1. One, one. Enters the battlefield with a number of plus one, plus one counters on it, equal to the greatest number of cards an opponent has drawn this turn. Has and drawn this turn? Yeah. So it'd be like after like two players of Consecrated Sphinxes go off and draw 100 cards. Sure, sure. You yeah. flash this in and you have 100-100. Uh, however, when it dies, you draw cards equal to its power. So maybe you don't want to do that and deck yourself back. <laughs> so I take that back. Yeah. But wow. it's, it's for the person that has like that explosive turn. Even if it comes in with like three i think three counters is like the best scenario and so it's a four four it's a four four you draw four cards when it dies it only costs you four mana it has to die it has so, to die but yeah. it has flash so i guess you're hoping that they draw a bunch of cards and then attack yeah and then flashing them block get a bunch of cards back who knows 
Yeah. Usually players on the turns, they're drawing a lot of cards. They're not attacking because mm-hmm. they're using their turn to draw cards. Right. And so then you're flashing it out, but everybody sees it. And now they could exile it or get rid- bounce it or get rid of it in some other way. I believe this was Cassius's uh, preview card, though. Oh, nice. It's interesting. I just don't think there's enough synergy in this deck for it to... Like, if you're, like, messing with plus one, plus one counters and have sacrifice outlets, then I think maybe it could work. Yeah, this is good name, Chase the deck, I think. Yeah. Uh, the next card is Explore. It's one in a green for a sorcery. It says, you may play an additional land this turn, draw a card. Hey. This is the type of card that I think early on people put in their commander decks, and they just learned that it's just not as good as Rampant Growth, Far Seek. Mm-hmm. Nature's lore. Unless you have landfall triggers, but even though just regular ramp spells are good too, this can go in certain decks, but it's just in general not that powerful. I mean, for the same mana cost, you can draw the card and put it into play guaranteed. Yeah. Right? Farseek does the same thing. Yeah. It draws you a card. It's a land that's going to go into play tapped. This is the only thing you possibly get out of this is a land that's untapped, but the downside is if you don't have a land in your hand when you cast this, you might just not get that part at all. Yeah. It's risky. Yeah. Just just go for the guaranteed. Go for Nature's Lower Farseek, Rampant Growth, Secure Tribe Elder. Next up is Scare Tiller, a card that's in all of the pre-cons. It's a, it's four, a cool card. Yeah, it's a really cool card, just not in this deck. Four mana, one four. Whenever Scare Tiller becomes tapped, you choose one. You can put a land card from your hand onto the battlefield tapped, or you can return land card from your graveyard to the battlefield tapped. So it just needs to be tapped. It can either be attacking or have another way to tap it. Um, yeah, you get to ramp yourself a little bit or get lands back from your graveyard. However, this is not the deck that cares about those things. Yeah, and also, I think Scare Tiller is going to be sweet. Boros, it's really, really good. You need fetch lands mm-hmm. because really the put a land from your hand onto the battlefield is way less powerful than graveyard to battlefield. Graveyard to battlefield is card advantage yeah. and ramp at once. The other one is just ramp. Still costs the card out of your hand. You, uh, on game nights, uh, which one was it? The one with Amaz and yeah. uh, Nerd Girl. You played that Azusa played two lands that turn, and then didn't have any more lands in your hand, so couldn't continue to take advantage of it. That's kind of what Scarecrow can do if you don't have fetch lands in your graveyard. In your graveyard, yeah. And we didn't have the budget to change the mana base in that way. So I could see it being playable, although once you tune the deck with fetch lands and stuff, you're in green, you have better ways to ramp. This is really a Boros card. Yeah. It's a card that, mono-red, even mono-white, just cards that really want, or colors that really need it. Yeah. Uh, and the last one is Tezzeret's Gambit. This is the last card that we're suggesting you take out of the deck in favor of the other cards. Tezzeret's Gambit is three and a Phyrexian blue mana. Again, Phyrexian mana can be paid with either that color, one blue mana, or two life. And it just says, draw two cards, then proliferate. So in this deck, because there are only like seven or eight cards that care that have plus one, plus one counters, and I'm, we're taking out a couple of them, yeah. you're, the proliferate is unlikely to matter. In which case, it's just a bad divination. It's just a, a high-costed divination. Yeah. And divination is not a card we would generally play. And you're drawing enough cards from Kadena, to be honest. Yeah. So those, again, really quickly, I'll read them. The 10 cards we would take out. Tezzeret's Gambit, Scare Tiller, Explore, Thought Sponge, Mire in Misery, Bounty of the Luxa, Voice of Many, Pendant of Prosperity, Grismald, the Dread Sower, and Rayami, First of the Fallen. So those are the 10 cards we would take out of the deck. And before we wrap up this episode, I wanted to talk a little bit about how the deck plays. We kind of forgot to do that earlier. Mm -hmm. Um, I think we both agree that, well, at least I think this is the most powerful of the four pre-cons out of the box. I think it has the most value baked into it. And it also has the, the, I think it's the hardest to play. So as a result, I think because of those factors, it's the best uh, pre-con. But I think it, it like 
feels like it's got all the pieces. It has the value. It yeah. has the ramp. And it has good ways to close out the game. Mm-hmm. It can actually get there. And it gets its engine going almost every single game. It just feels like... Not that it wins every game. I think all of the decks are good and the power level is pretty close. Even the least powerful one is has a chance to win games. Yeah. But I just feel like if you have to pick, you know, order them one, two, three, four as far as power, I would put Solta at the top. Yeah, I think Girid is pretty close behind yeah. it. Uh, they just play so differently. Yeah. Girid's about exploding on the battlefield and putting out huge creatures. But this one has a lot of trickiness to it. You're, and also just card draw staple to a commander is so important, especially because it has both of the things. We always talk about card draw and cheating a mana costs. Yeah, so this deck is a very good deck, even without the changes, although I think the changes will make it, like you said, somewhere yeah. in the seven, seven and a half range. 7.5. Pretty quickly. Good good times. All right, to the listeners, what do you think of the Sultai Morph deck? What cards did we miss that you uh, wish we talked about, but we didn't? You know, a lot of people are talking about Ixidor which I think is a good card in the deck, and the price is going up right now because of that. However, because of the budget, I didn't feel like one card taking up, you know, $12 was probably worth it. pretty rough. Makes it tough, yeah. But if you do want to pick up Ixidor or any of the cards that we suggested that you add to the deck, or the deck itself, which you can pre-order right now, and let me just say... First of all, go to cardkingdom.com slash command zone. Use that affiliate link when you do order any of your Magic product singles, anything like that. What I want to say is... They sell out every single year on Card Kingdom. Mm-hmm. We haven't had a year in the last, I think, four, where by the time Game Nights is out, basically all the pre-orders are gone. They're sold out. And so if you want to get a hold of them, I would suggest going there sooner rather than later to yep. pre-order that stuff. And yeah. if you pre-order it, and if you're using our affiliate code too, they're also running this cool special promotion for all those pre-orders of the C19 decks. You get four unlockable screen backgrounds for Lifelinker, our life app, that are going to be color-coordinated with the decks this year. That's really cool. Yeah, I forgot about the color coordinated thing. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, we're we, we're just so good at planning that stuff. And you can also coordinate <laughs> your playmat. <laughs> oh, and your decks and everything we else. We unfortunately we 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 messed up. We should have put the C nineteen C nineteen ones out. Nah, because Ultra Pro makes a wide variety of products across many sets. So you really get to choose that. Hey, you love Vivian. Well, why not a Vivian from a different set with a better art that you like? Anyway, Ultra Pro products they support our show. So next time you're your LGS or on Card Kingdom, you can buy some stuff and really make your whole existence just a little better honestly yeah i am in favor of the people though (laughs) that get the playmat deck box and sleeve kadena themed for the kadena deck for the kadena deck yeah you only see it sometimes and every time i'm like "Ah, that is cool yeah i i mean being thematic is awesome (laughs) yeah it's like dressing nice yeah you know it's like it's like when you see those people and you're like like ben bateman and you're like that guy dresses really nice yeah i gotta respect him more (laughs) that's actually how it works in psychology all right uh, no end up today. We have tons of bonus content, so we're just going to keep things nice and wrapped up. So let's wrap up the episode. All then right. Done. Speaking of Ben Bateman and nicely <laughs> dressed people, he does a podcast with another one of our friends, Alex Kessler. It's called The Masters of Modern. They're our sister podcast. You hear us talking about them every single week. They talk about the modern format and all things competitive magic. You can find them on Stitcher, on iTunes, just search for Masters of Modern YouTube. Mm-hmm. They do videos Spotify, now. Yeah, yeah, it's all there. Uh, if you go to Twitter, they're at the MMCast, and you can also find them right next to us at Collected.Company. Our editors for the show are Ashlyn Rose, and a big welcome back to Craig Blanchett. 
here for Exian King. Uh, and a big thanks, as always, to Jeffrey Palmer for the 11 card animations that adorn our set behind us, as well as start and end all of our episodes at youtube.com slash the commands of podcast. You can find Jeffrey at Living Cards MTG on Twitter. I want to give a big shout, especially to Ashlyn, because we're doing a ton of extra content, yeah, all those reveal videos. And Ashlyn really is spearheading and in charge of most of that stuff. She does the thumbnails, a lot of extra work for her this month. So way to go, Ash. Thanks for helping big us thumbs out. Thumbs up. You rock. You definitely rock. All right, right. everybody. We will see you very soon where we're going to break down in a similar way another deck, the Rakdos deck. Yeah. See you then. Peace. Thank you for your attention. For further inquiries, send an email to commandcast at rocketjump.com. Or ask us on Twitter at JF Wong and at Josh Lee Kwai. See you later, alligator. Greetings, humans. <laughs> <laughs>